This is Comic Geek Speak episode 1608, CGS Special Edition, DC Universe Rebirth number one. I'm Brian Christman. I'm Shane Kelly. I'm Adam Murdo. And I'm Danny O'Brien. And welcome to the show, as Murr so eloquently put, your CGS Special Edition. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we haven't done one of these in a while where we talk about an important comic the day it comes out. As we're recording this, it's a little after 6 in the East on uh, Wednesday, May 25th, 2016 yep. A.D. Here to talk about... DC Universe Rebirth number one, and of course, for there be spoilers, ahoy! Plenty of plenty if of you haven't already been spoiled by the internet, be yes. spoiled by us. And thank God I managed to not be spoiled. You and me both. I happened upon a picture that someone posted days ago, days ago, and I, as soon as it was popping up, and I saw a picture instead of just words of something I was looking for, I completely <laughs> averted my eyes. I think I saw. Some yellow and red. I'm like, that's enough. I don't want to see anymore. Yeah. I saw, I mentioned somewhere that, oh, don't go on Reddit. It's leaked. And then Daddy texted me, oh, stay off the internet. So I was like, you got it. I'm, I'm off, <laughs> off the internet. And actually, staying off the internet isn't a bad thing just for general yeah. purposes. Right, right, you are, <laughs> said the host of a podcast distributed <laughs> over the internet. <laughs> All right, so like I said, we're going to talk all about this uh, issue in some uh, exhausting detail, hopefully, because i got all kinds of things I want to get off my chest about I this. have notes. I have, I have notes as well, I'm sure. Wow. Oh, you Mer- have notes as well, Mer- Do you have merch? Kudos to both of you. I have no notes oh, at all. Oh, my God. I barely got it read in time. It's all well, up here, isn't it? That. Uh, yeah, it's, it's out of order, but, yeah, it's up there. What about you, Dan? You got notes? No. No. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, Sorry. See, see, uh, no, 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 no. Danny, like I, had work stuff to do today and oh, therefore right. did not have Yeah, it was, was my day off. I did too. I scarfed down my lunch while I'm working so I could have my entire lunch hour to read the book. <laughs> oh, and, and thanks to Tamu, what's his last name? Uh, Rotsalainen. From, I think, uh, Finland. I'm Finland, yes. Sure. Who, when I was in London, gave us some money uh, for the studio and things. And actually, we used some of that to buy the comics today nice. for myself and Shane. So yeah, thank you I, very thank much. Because I went over and got Shane his copy. Yeah, pants dropped it off at work. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I deliver. Who yeah. <laughs> I called him up when, when I thought, huh, I don't know if I'm going to have enough time before the show. Pants, can you pick me up a copy and drop it off? <laughs> yes. Yes, I some can. signature service. It yes. worked perfectly. I <laughs> hope you gave him a nice tip. I did. I tell him to, to buy low and sell high. <laughs> uh, get a haircut and get a real job? Buy yeah, international with two steel bits. at 20 and a half. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, uh, this episode of Comic Geek Speak is brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service. Go to dcbservice.com. I actually pre-ordered this copy. I did, too. <laughs> and what did it cost you there? 74 cents. Incredible. But I won't get it further today, so I wanted to get a hard copy in my hands right now. Yeah, we all broke down and just bought the advanced copy off the, off the rack. Right. Uh, because, as always, when you pre-order from them any DC, Marvel, Dark Horse, or Image book, they are right away 40% off cover price. 
Most other publishers' comics are between 20 and 35% off cover price, and they do run numerous specials uh, every month, uh, anywhere from 45, 50, 60, even up to 75% off cover price. And I kind of think that's what we got on uh, that's DC a, Universe. Yeah, that's what we got yeah. on it, 75% yeah. off. Two ninety nine is uh, cheap enough for an 80-page comic, yes. but 78 cents, wowee. Exactly. Uh, they do also run several bundles. They had several rebirth bundles where you can get many of the new rebirth titles all at one low price. Uh, and also they've been doing quite recently a half off all new DC and Marvel trades and hardcovers. You pre-order. You get your book shipped to you weekly, twice monthly or monthly, bags and boards. I've been using them for quite a long time. We love them. Discount comic book service, dcbservice.com. Before we get into the meat of the uh, issue, uh, Shane, you had a little... Yes. Because you missed the episode where Danny talked about the logo. I did. I, and we, I, we will talk about the logo. And I didn't listen to it yet, but I'm pretty sure she didn't like it from her, what, <laughs> post you had on Facebook or something? I like it. I, I do wish it was a little bit more bullet-ish from, like, the heyday of 70s to 80s that I was growing up with and, and late 80s. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm pretty happy with it i do kind of wish it was one quarter turned to the left a little bit have you seen the uh, forum thread where a few people made a few graphic alterations to yes it? and i love some of those man some of them are out of this world um but yeah th- for for what it is i i don't i don't mind this it looks very classic to me um would i do something more with it yeah but <clears throat> I, I like it well enough okay and then i'll listen to the episode to hear how danny doesn't very good <laughs> and i understand why she has a better eye for it than yes, i yes exactly she went to school for that's right we have an expert in she got house. paid to say this sucks <laughs> <laughs> <I wish>. <laughs> <laughs> all right well uh i must uh, warn our general listeners uh i may work blue in this episode because i fucking love this book <laughs> holy shit <laughs> i i didn't know what to expect from this thing but Parts of this thing moved me to tears. I love this thing so much. Just gonna give, let me give you a brief history of why I, I love this book so much. I was reading comics, started in some in the mid seventies. Few things off the racks. Really loved Flash. I was my favorite character at that time. Uh, early eighties, eighty one, eighty two. I got rid of all my comics except one. Which one was that? Merge. You know which one I kept? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, DC Comics presents Annual Number One. Oh. Right, the uh, Earth uh, 1, 2, and 3 Superman and Luthor team up. Right. Great story. Yeah. Uh, mid-80s was mostly in the trading cards, but late 80s, I sort of got back into when I heard that Barry Allen had died. I said, what? And this crisis? What crisis? That's what got me into comics. Um, started at that time uh, reading the new Flash comic, which, of course, was Wally West's The Flash. The TV show was on around yeah. that time. And I just fell in love with, with Wally West as The Flash because you had Mark Wade writing at that time, you know, it was in his heyday. The Return of Barry Allen storyline is like my favorite storyline of all time. I own two original covers from the, that series. My favorite issue of all time, issue seventy nine. I own that cover. I own page. I own the, the two page title spread, which is gorgeous in that. So I'm a huge Wally West fan, and of course, he was one of the main characters that was missing. From the new 52. Yes, he was. And, you know, I, I've been sort of cynical about the, the new relaunch these last few years. I actually stopped buying them, so I stopped talking about them because I wasn't reading them. It just didn't keep my interest. 
this rebirth to see him reappear and be the narrator for the story. I mean, it was just amazing. Just to start off the first page, and of course, like I said, spoilers, spoilers are plenty. I'm reading it, and I turn the page, and I, I come back, and wait, wait a minute, Uncle, this is Wally as a narrator. I figured it out earlier, and that's the narrator. I was like, and then when it got to that reveal of him, I was like, boom. Okay, there was the first emotional moment for me. I was like, oh my god. Now, granted, he's in his old kid Flash uniform, but still, it's Wally freaking West. Love that. You know, again, hindsight, I already read this thing twice already. Again, the first page, there's a nine-panel grid. Mm-hmm. It's like, hmm, I, I didn't catch that the first time around, which we'll, we'll, we'll get to later. Um, Close-up of a watch and its inner workings. Inner workings. Ah, oh, goodness gracious me. And you can't really have a Jeff Johns-written Rebirth comic without Ethan Van Skyver artwork. Of course, because he did Green Lantern Rebirth, Flash Rebirth, and he did... First sequence in here, and I, I love his artwork. Somehow we have three Jokers here. Has me very intrigued. Um, but has anybody read? It says here at the very beginning. I haven't yet. The Justice League Fifty and Superman Fifty Two. Both of those comics came out today. Okay, I'll get them this weekend. <laughs> but yeah, the reveal about there being three Jokers. For, for a little while during the Dark Side War, Batman was sitting in Metron's Mobius chair, right. and he was the god of knowledge right. for a brief time, and mm-hmm. he wasn't able to retain everything he learned. But one of the first questions he asked the chair was, "What's the Joker's true name?" And he just his face tensed up, and he said, "Impossible!" When he heard the answer, mm-hmm. and uh, we learned in Justice League number fifty that the answer was, uh, "Well, the chair didn't give him a name; it just told him that there was more than one Joker. There were, in fact, three of them." So that's one of uh, several interesting hmm. little mysterious tidbits uh, floated to us in this uh, one shot. And, of course, in Superman 52, I guess Superman dies. Right, the, uh, f- the post-Flashpoint right. New 52 Superman. He dies in a clash with uh, a kid from Minnesota named Denny Swan, as in uh-huh. Denny O'Neill uh-huh. and Kurt Swan. Jeez. So it's a, a nod to the uh, Kryptonite No More story from the early Bronze Age, mm-hmm. uh, who uh, uh, obtained a copy of Superman's powers and memories. Uh, he became like this uh, out-of-control, solar-powered uh, entity, like a living solar flare. And uh, that Superman, you know, the post-Flashpoint Superman, and Denny Swan clash in the stratosphere of Earth. Superman was already dying of uh, kryptonite poisoning. Mm-hmm. I think absorbing all of that uh, corrupted solar energy poisoned him still further, so that he slowly turned green, surrounded by friends and loved ones, and just kind of, poof, his body turned to sand. Another uh, callback to the, to the Bronze Age. Yeah. Oh, man. Because there was uh, a sand entity in that uh, Denny O'Neill and Kurt Swan story back huh. in the day. But anyway, that does so, and uh, the uh, pre-Flashpoint Superman, who, as you know, has been uh, hanging out with his Lois and their son yep. in the post-Flashpoint universe, yep. is kind of uh, living in the shadows incognito. Um, he is now primed to take over as the new Superman yes. of the New which, 52 which continuity. We'll, we'll get to, of course. Uh, they, they, they touch on what happened in Flashpoint with uh, the letter Thomas Wayne sent to Bruce. Yep. I, I love the retelling of Wally's origin is how he became the Flash. Uh, the homages to Flash 135 when he got his new costume. Uh, the Red Skies, of course, the crisis when he had lost his powers and then sees Barry's ring and costume. And then there's uh, the image of him where he says, Jay, I'm no longer Kid Flash. From this day forth, the Flash lives again from Crisis. Also Crisis number 12. Page 40. Uh, the, the, the Linda Park shows seeing her again. The homages to Rebirth and then the, this big hand pulling through. Ugh. Loved it. Loved Watch it. out for those giant cosmic hands. Yes. Again, I'm just going sort of skimming through it real quickly, but we see Johnny Thunder again and the Justice Society of America, and that was an emotional scene for me. 
Uh, we see Saturn Girl again, and that we now I get into the Gary Frank drawn part of the story, where because he did all the work for Superman. Uh, where it had the Legion story right. not too long ago. Superman and the Legion of Superheroes. Oh, gorgeous stuff. We see the Adams, <laughs> Ray Palmer, and Ryan Choi. I love that they're together, right? Like that. Yes. Legacy isn't oh, forgotten. Le- right. Legacy, right. Legacy isn't forgotten. And then Shane. Oh, Pants, I'm going to tell you that second page where the bug's in it. If you see that, let me know. <laughs> well, I mean, looking through this thing. Although that's going to be a Gary Frank page. There's so many pages from this thing. I would. Just about do anything for it. Like all the, the, the Flash and the, the, the Wally and Barry pages later on. Good God. Dr. Fate shows up. Oh. And says that the Scarab is magical, not alien. Mm-hmm. Which is awesome. We see Pandora disappear. Well, you go through oh, Robin's okay. 13th birthday. Oh, yes. I forget that Green Lantern's name. The, Jessica the, Cruz. Thank you. And um, then you That's see the, Jackson. The Aqualad. Which I believe is Aqualad. Right, Jackson Hyde. And then Pandora. Pandora, and she disappears. Possibly disintegrates. Disintegrates very... And, of course, reading, reading again, sort of like, oh, Rorschach just uh, got exploded uh, up real good by Doc, Doc Manhattan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good call there. Even the color of the energy is right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you, you didn't get that? Well, you, you read it so quickly, I'm going to guess. Well, no, you know, I, I didn't... Uh, well, I wasn't thinking in terms of Watchmen until the very end. Right. Which, holy cow, we'll get to that shortly. By the way, Daniel, so feel free to jump in if I keep rambling here. Somebody. Oh, no, it's okay. I don't... I don't know much about DC history, actually, so I'm kind of interested to listen to you guys and okay. your opinions on it. <laughs> All right, then. We see, you know... Let's keep Di- on feeding Danny's head. <laughs> we see some stuff here about uh, Diana Woodham having, having a brother, which I guess was touched on in one of those other Justice League... In the Dark Side War, Right, yeah. right, right. Okay. It was very important to the resolution of that story. Yes. As well as a new Dark Side baby? Yep. Yeah, because mm-hmm. he... Yeah, I think Darkseid... Well, Darkseid was dead. He was. And they, uh, they performed some kind of Amazonian ritual to switch minds between... This... Superwoman had a baby, I right. believe. Right, Superwoman, who is the lowest lane of the yep. post-Flashpoint multiverses, Earth-3. And uh, the father is the post-Flashpoint Earth-3's Lex Luthor. Correct. Who went by the name of Mazas. And uh, he had the uh, sort of uh, dark, corrupt, uh, uh, inverted uh, Captain Marvel powers. And so he became the host for Darkseid. They performed this Amazon ritual that uh, switched uh, their two souls, I guess, so that now uh, uh, the baby went into Darkseid's lifeless body and animated it. And I guess Darkseid is now in the baby's body. <laughs> uh, we see, of course, the what happened with Superman dying. Nice little black canary green arrow page. Yeah. We, we see the whole thing with Lois and Clark from the pre-Flashpoint at the Seagull Motel and Coffee Shop. I, I caught that. I wish the coffee shop were the Schuster coffee shop. Well, yeah, that's... Yeah, I agree with that. One of them, one of them be one and one, one the other. Each, yeah. Right, right, Siegel, Schuster. Um, and then we see this... Um, Mr. Oz. Mr. Oz. And unfortunately, I, I did read some other things that, I mean, it's been speculated this might be the Ozymandias-ish character. Okay. Mm. In, in, like a, in a Watchmen kind of thing. Which I never never would have thought without having, unfortunately, looked online. Again, internet bad for you sometimes. Uh, nice um, Aquaman and Mira moments where he proposes to her. And then, again, this next thing killed me with Linda Park. Because they went through so much in the, in the Wally West Flash. Yeah. She was his rod. She was what he always was drawn They did that to. all the way through the JLA Lightning Oh, my saga. gosh, yeah. And to see when, when Wally sees Linda Park again, and then she doesn't know who he is, just heartbreaking. Yeah. And then we get into the filamented stuff with the Flash here. There's that panel 
with Wally in the same pose as Barry Allen from Crisis number two, two page, page seven. seven. Yes. Oh, but that just, that's good. I knew you would love that murder crisis guy that you are. You know, Wally sees the new, the Wally West from this world. Who then, he explains, is his cousin. And then we see Barry Allen. And this is where I just sort of just started balling like a two-year-old, some of this stuff here. It was just so, I don't know, it's with, maybe with my history of the Flash, when he, re- when he remembers Wally, and they're, I mean, they're both crying in this thing, and in that page, how could I ever forget you? Oh, that just yeah, knocked me those, out. Those whole nine pages, man, that was out of this world. That just knocked me out. And then the reveal that, oh, yeah, it wasn't the Flashpoint that matched up, it was something else. And there was all kinds of pronouns used like it was more than one it was like um where's the so like they attacked someone else did whoever they are barry i mean while he's saying is miss mom they are more powerful than the reverse flash yes and then this does i'm like what the f-? i literally said what the fuck with this again second to last page you got a nine panel grid there batman in the back cave and he finds the comedian's button from Watchmen? I'm like, oh my god, what the hell is this? That is some The Kingdom Planet Krypton shit right Holy there. Holy yeah. crap. I nearly plotsed. <laughs> and then this epilogue where, again, you see the watch going back, and we're back to... It's on Mars. It's definitely on Mars. And the clock is ticking across the DC universe. This thing knocked me out. We touched on all of it, but here's what I here's what I wrote. If I can get through it quickly, don't take your time, Shane. Wally West is Kid Flash back, trying to find a way back to Earth because he's trapped outside. Somewhere in there, he explains about ten years was plucked oh, out yes. by someone about that manipulating yes. reality at the Flashpoint. Johnny Thunder's back, and no one believes him about the Thunderbolt and the JSA except his grandson, which we don't know. His great grandson. His great grandson. Okay, thank you. Saturn Girl is back, trapped on our Earth, arrested for stealing food, which made me chuckle because food where she is is free. Ryan Choi is a student of Ray Palmer, and Ray is lost in the microverse. <laughs> kind of cool. He just had to call it the microverse. <laughs> <laughs> Jaime uh, has the scarab and went to Ted Cord, which I put in big letters. Ted Cord! Ted Cord! Oh, God, thank God. <laughs> to, re- to remove it, but Ted wants him to be a hero, kind of against Jaime's will at this point. Dr. Fate shows up and says the scarab is magic, not alien. Uh, then Robin turns 13, which is Damian Wayne. Um, Hal tells the new Green Lantern he is busy dealing with Sinestro, and she has to talk to the other new Green Lantern with the gun. So I forget his name, too. Simon Boz. Thank you. Um, Jackson, awkward lad, is getting yelled at by his mom for being gay, which um, and he's staring at the fish tank. Now, I haven't read much about him is he just, I wonder if he's just longing to be Aqua Lad or swimming or something and something's drawing Hard him. Hard to say. I think this is the first time we've seen this version of Aqua okay. Lad in this version of continuity. All right. Uh, Pandora's running and is erased by someone, a monster, for doing something. Which a lonely, cruel monster. We know stuff later that might do that. <laughs> um, Wally sees the new dark side born and hears Diana has a brother named Jason who's out there somewhere. Um, someone died, which the new, the Superman of the new 52. And then I listed all the characters that were around it, which was a, a neat, a neat collection of, of characters. Green Arrow and Black Canary, uh, feel a lost connection, which I thought that was neat how they drew it with them facing each other at longingly looking at what they don't know they're missing. Um, 
Aquaman proposes to Mira. Wally finds Linda, hoping she is his lightning rod, but isn't. Wally fears he's almost out of time. Um, oh, boy. I keep, geez, I couldn't read my own handwriting. <laughs> Mysterious would-be heroes outside of Gotham looking in at the signal, which they're going to be in, I think, in Batman. Yeah, I think right. that's... Uh... Tom King's Batman. Um, Constantine and Swamp's Swamp Thing are conversing in the swamp. Wally is thrown through Captain Boomerang, Cyborg, Grayson, no one that he can connect with. For, just for a second sure. there, Captain Boomerang. I can't figure that one out either. I would expect Tim Drake to be drawn to him because of what happened with Tim's father in pre, yeah, but, but I don't know. I'm going back to Identity Crisis where I thought that he was dead. Mm. Similarly, where they mentioned Gene Loring. Well, that was the pre-flashpoint. That's what that's, yeah, okay, so that's, all, all right, that's what I was Some of that's at. not. Okay. Like, Wally remembers that, I'm sure. Right, right. And, and at some point, he references to Barry, maybe I have it written down next, where this is a younger version of himself than what he would remember. So Wally understands that he is now younger than he should be for whatever's happening, mm-hmm. um, the way I read it anyway. Um, Wally West, the... Pre-Flashpoint Wally sees Wally West, the post-Flashpoint Wally, and explains they're really cousins. Awesome! And how they are named and everything, which is kind of cool. So apparently, retroactively, even pre-Flashpoint, there was a second Wally West out there. It's just Wally happened to have an African-American cousin that has his same name that nobody ever knew about. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, sure. I feel better than okay about that, actually. Um... Wally finds Barry in his last moment and tells Barry thanks for everything in, in fantastic detail. Um, and in the last second, Barry remembers him, grabs Wally, and pulls him all the way out of the Speed Force into this world. Um, Barry starts to blame himself for everything that happened, and Wally says, no, it was others that caused it, not you. Barry and Wally may go to Batman to talk to him next because he has the next strongest connection to pre-Flashpoint universe with, with the, the letter. letter. The letter, yeah. And um, Batman sees something in the game, digs around, and it's the Watchman button. That's <laughs> it. My 23 bullet points. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to get to 52. I couldn't make that. Yeah. But exciting stuff. I, oh I, I was riveted reading this. I was so excited. Not only, not, not just because it was something that I was looking forward to, hopefully resetting some of the things I disliked about the post-Flashpoint DC universe, but also hoping that Wally would be a catalyst or a narrator or involved or come through something, anything. And to have him be the main narrator through the entire issue just blew me away. Me as well, yeah. And for other reasons that you know, and you would probably know if you thought about it from yesterday, which we're not going to talk about at all, um, I was on a flash high. Oh, yes! So all of this with all of that. Oh, are we talking about the TV show? Yes. Yeah, see, I'm a few episodes We're not going to talk about that at all because that's a whole other... Wow. Well, that's sort of actually in the issue. Oh, absolutely is in, in some ways. Um, in some ways? Just, just, John's made I don't want to blow it for everybody. Oh, all right. Some ways. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. So just what a fantastic couple days for, for DC and, and me. And to see Ted Cord and Jaime and uh, Ryan Troy and um, uh, Ray Palmer. Oh, my God. I cannot wait to read Blue Beetle. And I have to wait till what? August? September? On the back of the checklist? It's August like 24th. God. That's like Keith, three months away. Keith Giffen written Scott Thomas oh, art. I cannot wait. So excited that Ted's finally back. And I mean, we had a hint of him in the post-Flashpoint universe anyway, but 
nothing ever happened then. Mm-hmm. So to have him here, oh. Especially since you're losing uh, Justice League 3001. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Last issue that, that came out today, too. That's a great book. I really enjoyed that for, for all, its, all its funness. And that was a hell of a fun book. If you haven't read it and you like Giffen Dimiteus, Justice League type stuff, I recommend picking that mm-hmm. up in a heartbeat. Seconded. Um, so, yeah, reading through this whole entire issue. Then once I read through it, I went back and made all my notes going through page by page. Um, it, w- it was just an incredible read and great art throughout the whole thing. Oh, yeah, I mean... Lots of fun to look at. Yeah, I mean, like, I, we mentioned Ethan Van Skyver, of course, Gary Frank, Yvonne Hayes, Phil Jimenez, uh, top-notch artist. Great I, stuff. I really, really feel like Jeff Johns went to the other guys, Dan and Jim, or, or many others as well, or maybe had a big powwow meeting and said, look, this is not working. This is what I think we should do. This is what I want to well, do. And this is the direction we should go in. Let me go back to the original solicit. We're losing. The solicit for this says, it all begins here. Do not skip to the last page. Do not let a friend or message board ruin this comic for you. The future and past of the DC Universe starts here. Don't say we didn't warn you. And then there's the they said it. Rebirth, this is Jeff Johns, Rebirth is about focusing in on the core of the character and their respective universe. It brings back what has been lost. The legacy of the characters, the love, and the hope of the DCU. Couldn't agree more. I agree. Love it, love it, love it. Now, I'm sorry, Bird. I, I want to hear all your thoughts on this issue here. Go. I appreciate your hard-charging enthusiasm here, Brian. Yeah, I, 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 sorry I got diarrhea of the mouth here, but I just, it's very rare for me mm. when I enjoy something so much well, that I was after DC so long. and It's uh, been a long time since something like this has come. And I've enjoyed the Dark Side Wall very wa, wa, The Dark Side Wall very much. <laughs> it says Bob Wah Wah. Bob Wah Wah, talking about the Dark Side Wall. I enjoyed that very much, much more than I ever thought I would. Um, so to see something like this come so soon after when I was, for the Justice League stuff, getting comfortable with what they were doing and being, okay, at least the Justice League to me is doing pretty good. Uh, this just blew me away, and I'm glad that all of this is now changing to model after this for what comes next. I uh, I, I enjoyed reading this as well. I, I got uh, some uh, good thrills out of it. It got my uh, heart racing uh, here and there, but um, my excitement was uh, somewhat adulterated by, uh, well... Uh, well, I guess a certain amount of uh, cynicism on on my part for having okay. uh, seen and studied things like this uh, in the past. Well, that's why Just we to... come to you for Mr. Uh, g- uh, graduate work on the paper of uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yes, enough reboots later, I've uh-huh. uh, come to recognize a certain uh, pattern of apocalyptic rhetoric that uh, follows in the wake of every one of these uh, do-overs, reboots that DC does. That's not a reboot. Uh, well, it's kind of dancing I, I, on, I know, but that, that's the, on the rim of a reboot. That's the catchphrase everybody keeps saying. It's not, not a, a reboot. reboot. It's not a reboot. It is not a reboot. <laughs> yeah. To me, if you're doing all new number ones, it's a reboot. It's, but those people who are saying that do have a point. They're, they're not uh, restarting history. They're, no. they're con- more or less continuing with what uh, began with uh, Flashpoint and the rebooting, which was a reboot. No mm-hmm. one's arguing that. Yeah. Um, but here they're just kind of uh, opening that uh, back door that Dan DiDio claimed didn't exist, a crack, and allowing all this stuff to start to seep through. And even back then, I, as I was scoffing at the DO for claiming that that backdoor didn't exist, I was thinking to myself, what's probably going to happen is that one of the conspicuously absent pre-Flash point characters, Wally West, mm-hmm. might show up trying to find his Uncle Barry. 
And um, that's so half what's happening here, except it's happening in a way that I did not expect. I didn't think we were going to be getting uh, young Wally West. I didn't think he was going to be uh, uh, rejuvenated to the uh, to his original, uh, well, not even original, but uh, his, his earlier Kid Flash state. And... Uh, the fact that he's uh, lost some time is is pretty intriguing. I mean, uh, we're being told here that uh, uh, he's uh, lost time. A lot of characters have. We, he says uh, to, to Bruce Wayne, we, I'm younger than you would remember. We all are. So is he talking, is he including uh, Bruce himself and all the denizens of the post point? That's how I read it. I would think that. Or does he represent a little, uh, well, a a refugee camp of sorts of uh, characters that have been similarly affected by this continuity reboot of Flashpoint and that are stuck outside of reality. I think it's both. I think it could easily be both. Because, uh, well, yeah, so we, we just don't know just yet. And uh, Wally's memories are becoming increasingly hazy mm-hmm. as he uh, has been uh, pulled by his uncle in that triumphant scene into the post-Flashpoint reality. His memories of whatever he's been going through since Flashpoint are starting to fade. And his story has continued, uh, it's worth noting, in uh, the new Titans series by yes. uh, Dan Ebnett, art by Britt Booth, uh, the, the uh, Titans Hunt yeah. writer. And uh, Shane, have you been uh, – I know you've been buying no, it. Have you read I, any of I Titans got the first three issues and then I stopped. Um can't remember if I picked up some of the other ones after that or not. Um, but no, I haven't read that yet. I, w- I want to start reading that before all of this next stuff starts. Yeah, see, that is a series that I am at this point regretting not picking up because okay. I think there must be ties to pre-Flashpoint continuity in that I as well. I think there are, the way it looks. And going forward, that's going to be exploring a major mystery introduced yeah. in this issue. And Wally West is going to be present to help his uh, Titan friends uh, learn, well, the, the riddle of his uh, presence in the New 52 universe. Uh, apparently he's going to be going after whatever mysterious villain tossed him out of time. Uh, so, yeah, the showing up of Wally West is uh, kind of a, an interesting surprise. I mean, it's, uh, I think both Peter and I had him as a second guess for who that uh, hand on the cover was supposed to be. So what's going on with Wally is, of course, central to this story. Uh, then there's the three Jokers in the deck. You know, looking at the monitors <laughs> on, in the Batcave, one of, they appear to break down roughly to pre-crisis, mischievous Joker, uh, post-crisis, uh, lunat- yeah, uh, killing joke, lunatic yeah. Joker, and uh, all total psychopath, post, uh, you know, face-cutting-off, uh, post-flashpoint Joker. And all three of them seem to be active uh, in the continuity right now, in, in the uh, post-Flashpoint DCU. Uh, how is that possible? Uh, we don't know. So this, see, this story is kind of uh, – it, it's a big ball of teases mm-hmm. thrown together here. Bo- both for things – well, upcoming series and stories in the uh, new Rebirth Initiative and just for mysteries that uh, may be played out in any or several of uh, the, these the aforementioned series. Um, you know, if, if we're asking ourselves where will the answers to these uh, <clears throat> conundra be found, uh, the answer DC's trying to give us, or perhaps sell us is a more appropriate way to put it, <laughs> is everywhere. Oh, cynicism. Bruce. Want to okay. know the answers? Read all the titles we're putting out to find out. <laughs> well, and, and I kind of went in thinking that was going to happen, as cynical as, and, and right as you are, I expected that through all the story. Oh, and at the end of uh, Wally's tete a tete with uh, Batman, there's a caption that says, as uh, he's sucked back into the Speed Force, reality from across existence spills out. So all kinds of crazy things could be changing in the uh, post-Flashpoint continuity as we go through this rebirth initiative. Uh, and uh, they could just use the uh, sort of Superboy Prime punching reality uh, mm-hmm. 
uh, excuse yeah. for that. It's uh, anything that's changing uh, going forward could be attributed to Wally West's uh, incursions. Yeah. And, you know, a loaded word that that is right now, I know, but uh, into uh, DC reality. And, yes, we do get this uh, heartstring-plucking uh, trip down memory lane with Wally as he reminisces about the happy, simple life he used to have in those uh, pre-crisis halcyon days and also in the post-crisis days when he found his true love, when Barry came back and all of that good stuff. Um, and then we get that j- pesky giant black hand. So to the list of suspects, I'm going to add that uh, well, the uh, the ringleader of the gentry. I don't think he ever got a name, but he, he showed up in the final issue of uh, Grant Morrison's Multiversity, where it's revealed that uh, there have been several uh, continuity reboots and mm-hmm. that uh, we're now on like the uh, our f- third multiverse since we had that, tempor- that temporary uh, pre-Flashpoint but post-Infinite Crisis multiverse that yep. kind of went by the wayside. Yep. This mysterious being, like this... Uh, giant multi-horned shadow demon uh, claimed credit for that. So um, assuming Jeff Johns has the guts to play with a character, well, a concept that uh, Morrison uh, put out there, uh, that uh, might yet be one of the uh, possible suspects for uh, what's causing all of this. Then the scene with Johnny Thunder, I mean, it was both... uh, Exhilarating and also a little depressing. I really didn't want to have to see geriatric Johnny Thunder again. Well, he's one of your favorite characters. We talk I about love Johnny. Before. I know you do. Yeah. Yeah, and he's just uh, seen as this sad, scared old man. He doesn't even talk the way he's supposed to. He's 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 lost his forties uh, lingo. Um, but apparently, he still has access to the Thunderbolt somewhere, and we might get our good old-fashioned Greatest Generation JSA back. Because goodness knows, I have not been much enamored of the Earth Two series, like the Earth 2 Society series versions mm-hmm. of the JSA. Okay. Yeah, they're okay, but certainly no uh, comparison. <laughs> yeah. So, so basically, one of the cool things about Earth 2 was that it was a nostalgia Earth, and uh, the stories tended to take place in a different time period. Yeah. What they're doing with it now, it's just another alternate reality. It happens Agreed. to take place in the current era. I feel like I've been uh, tantalized here, and uh, I don't think that we've actually received, amongst all the teases here of different kinds, uh, the really sensational, massive DC Universe secret that Jeff Johns promised we would be seeing. And I was kind of hoping that we'd uh, the, the, the curtain would be pulled back, you know, the uh, and we would see, uh, well, not not so much the curtain. Uh, what's a better metaphor for this? Uh, the the cloud would dissipate. The fog would be lifted. No, no. The 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 the, the telescope would uh, well uh, change its uh, order of magnification, and we would uh, discover a new layer to DC reality, DC okay. cosmology that we never even knew was there. You know, just some kind of uh, cool little metatextual construction uh, uh, for uh, the process of continuity revisionism. That's what I was hoping for, but uh, not yet. We may yet get it. I mean, I'm still thinking of that promo image of uh, the old Silver Age Justice League and the Golden Age Justice Society trapped in big hourglasses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Which I believe is the cover for the variant edition of number one here. Hmm. The okay. So that uh, thing that Wally, that hint that Wally dropped about uh, stolen time is still out there. Um, I kind of thought when I uh, when I sat down in the parking lot and read uh, the first scene, I didn't read the whole thing in the parking lot after buying it, but uh, when I got to that point between Wally and Batman in the Batcave, I thought what we were going to find out was that some mysterious entity uh, was forcing uh, the heroes of the DC Universe to live out certain sections of their lives over and over again in endless loops. Sort of like Ragnarok. Uh, yeah, like the, well, yeah, like or the, the Roy, days of right, the Roy last Thomas's days of the Justice Society. Yeah, that Ragnarok. Yes, the, uh, yes, that's what I was the going The JSA Ragnarok. Right, right. 
Which uh, they were in limbo for how long till they came back there? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it was, it was rhetorical, but if you can answer it, go ahead and answer 1986 it. 1986 to 1992, I think. So that like six years. Okay. Like tops. Um, which was even less in DC Universe time, really. But right. uh, still, it's uh, still a heck of a long time if you're actually in it to be fighting a battle mm-hmm. against uh, v- uh, flame giants and other monsters from Norse mythology over and over again and getting killed and brought back to life over and over again. Not pleasant. And uh, goodness only knows where the JSA are now. Maybe with what they're suffering right now is even worse. And uh, Johnny Thunder uh, seems to be of the opinion that he's at least partly at fault for that. So poor Johnny. And then we see a little two-page cameo by Saturn Girl. Uh, so the Legion is hopefully in the offing again because it's been killing me. There hasn't been a Legion of Superheroes book on the shelves. Yeah. And I know that there are friends of ours who've been even more pained by that. Uh, the fact that uh, Ray Palmer, they're, they're, another search for Ray Palmer. That was a big deal in the days of Countdown. <laughs> Countdown, correct. Yeah, it was. Yeah, but hopefully this one will suck less. And uh, <laughs> thank goodness Ryan Choi is back. I thought he was very ill-served. In yes, as did I previous years so but legacy is not forgotten we've covered that and uh then the the two blue beetles shane i was exultant for oh. you as much as for me more more than for me actually that <laughs> since we now have uh, both blue beetles and uh a dr fate um i'm not sure which dr fate it's supposed to be there's a couple of them now one of them's on earth two like post flashpoint earth two yeah. and one of them's on uh the mainstream post crisis or uh, post flashpoint earth they're both named khalid Interestingly, huh. it might even be some version from a. It might be Kent Nelson. Yeah, it yeah. might be like a pre-Flashpoint iteration of uh, of Doctor Fate. It's it, it's all getting a little bit uh, uh, bizarrely vague. Um, but um, and then Ted Cord getting all excited about the Scarab possibly being magic. That big boy-like grin on his face there. It's, <laughs> that, that was cool. Then a couple of little teases about Jessica Cruz and Jackson Hyde. And is there some significance to Damian Wayne turning 13? I, not that I know of. I was wondering that, too. I, I haven't read Batman in a little while. He's but a teenager. I guess maybe. <laughs> oh, so he's, he's been waiting to join Titan, the Teen Titans. Titans. And he immediately jumps and goes and uh, t- tries to take over the team. And they're, yeah. they're ready to kill him. And in Damian fashion, that kind of makes sense. Now, here's where uh, the eye rolls started to happen. The scene with Pandora, because this is something that's played out in DC event stories of different... Not... not, Many of them continuity revisionist, but not necessarily. Uh, This scene of a a character X running uh, for his or her life uh, from some mysterious threat, and then uh, turning and screaming something cryptic that uh, is meant to be a clue to the reader before being offed by whatever that mysterious threat is. Well, well, my 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 eye roll would have been sound with yours, but I'm just happy that Pandora's gone. <laughs> so I'm I, not really happy about that, Jane. I'm not unhappy at all because I don't think the character served any purpose. Can you give me a parallel to another? Like you said, this happens before, like in a, Time Trapper at the beginning of Zero. Zero Hour, hour absolutely. All right, I own that first page, by the way. I, I you showed it to me. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and right down to the purplish cloak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of the same thing. Okay, I got gotcha. you. So and so she's kind of st- she's the metatextual stand-in for the whole New Fifty Two reboot here. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. I was waiting for you to, to get the metatextual part of that. Mm, yeah. it, it's right there. She was present in the background of every single yep. New Fifty Two number one. Yep. Um, I believe she showed up at the end of Flashpoint number seven to usher in. She was like the uh, oh five. There was only five issues. It felt like seven. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she got to be the psychopomp. So, and I think uh, either Chris or Bill made up a drinking game where uh, uh, every time I say psychopomp on Comic Geek Speak, drink. <laughs> when have so, you ever said before in your entire life? I've never heard it before. Said it. You've listened to Crisis tapes. I guarantee you, I've said psychopomp at least once. 
in that podcast. Okay, it's, so okay. it's a myth, it, it means a spirit guy. Oh no, I, I like understand. A, I just don't remember it. So I, I, just take my word for it. I'll take your word for you it. You would rather and drink Pandora be yeah, around? Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna drink. Yeah, I don't like that. to see characters wasted like this. Well, I think they wasted her from the beginning. Well, really? Yeah, they tried her with her own solo series, and it didn't take off. But still, I don't like seeing characters like this just sacrificed to whatever okay. tale they're trying to tell. And, this, and especially when it happens to be a female character. Again, it's the girl in the refrigerator syndrome, and I don't like to see it happen. No, that's, I Pandora can, is I a character agree with that. that had further potential. I mean, I, I feel for her about the same way I felt for characters like Pariah okay. or Harbinger, you know, who were uh, oh. living symbols of the yep. early crisis story, the, the first crisis on Infinite Earths that we all like so much. Hated to see them treated so shabbily, and I don't much like seeing Pandora treated that way either, since, especially since it's got to be such a cliche by now. But uh, all of that aside, we can just uh, take a look at the things that she's actually saying. Um, uh, she was the one who ushered in this new 52 continuity, and uh, just thinking of the spin that uh, DC threw her put on that that initiative of theirs, how she was talking about how this was all something that was meant to happen, that through the agency of uh, Barry Allen's trip to the past, the three that were split apart could now be one again, meaning the DC Universe, Vertigo, and Wildstorm, mm-hmm. right. bringing those three groups together. So this was so g- kind of similar to the original Crisis. They were trying to tell us that this is the way DC continuity was always meant to be until fans decided they hated it. And then all of a sudden, no, oh, no, no, this was not meant to be. No, some evil thing was doing stuff and bad and... <laughs> Backpedal, 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 basically. And then the character that brought all this to pass explodes. I mean, at least they didn't turn her into the villain of the piece, which they could also have done, but... Well, I am happy about that. But let's look at the, uh... Okay, the naive little Pandora unleashed evils upon the world. So there's she feeling, you know, apologetic, maybe feeling used somewhat for having inflicted the New 52 on, on fandom. And then she says, skepticism, doubt, corruption, all things your cold heart believes in. So she's talking to one or more of the actual villains here. But in the, in the end, there was hope, you know, what was left in Pandora's box. And the heroes of this universe, this universe embody it. Their hope, their devotion, their love for one another will vanquish what you've done. It may be over for me, but they will prove you wrong. They will prove you're nothing but a lonely, cruel monster. So we know that whatever entity she's addressing here has uh, social skill problems. And it's a good catch on your part, Brian, that uh, when she is uh, disintegrated, the energy discharge looks an awful lot like what Dr. Manhattan did to Rorschach. Right. Again, on a second reading is when I picked that up with the the very end with the Watchmen stuff and the, the dialogue. Yeah. Um, so that's uh, definitely a prime suspect also. Uh, I have uh, my own theory. Um, so, oh, my God, hit me. Well, I- I'm going to wait until the end. Don't hit me, then. I- I'll hit you later. <laughs> then we have the uh, <laughs> Wonder Woman's twin brother, that mystery. Thinking of Jason's in the DC Universe, Jason Todd is Jason the most Blood. obvious. Yeah, yeah, that's, Jason, that's what I was yeah. thinking of. And he's, he's old enough to be the brother of an Amazon. That's sure. what I thought of. And his... Uh, and his, his uh, mentoring by Batman and his demise and return is mysterious enough to be like Amazonian mm. in some way. Yeah, I think we need to nail down exactly when Diana was born, though. So there are other possibilities exist. Though it's, I mean, there's that. There's Jason Rush. Well, that that, yeah. that doesn't seem altogether likely. Uh, there's uh, Jason from Jason's Quest in, uh, yes. <laughs> in Showcase all those years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wonder Woman's twin is out there riding a motorcycle someplace, <laughs> trying to find his sister. That was that. Well, man, oh man, I like the way you think. If I haven't said it once, I've said it a thousand times. I like the way you think. I want to subscribe to your newsletter. <laughs> it's poorly mimeographed, <laughs> but it smells nice being mimeographed. Oh, thanks, Shane. 
that's, mimeographs. That's what I was going for. <laughs> Um, what may be a minor Watchman hint also in this uh, two-page splash when all the heroes are gathering at the site of Superman's death, mm -hmm. knowing his body overloaded on energy and kryptonite radiation and mm -hmm. turned to sand, uh, you see Captain Atom in there yes. among the crowd. And he looks pretty much as he did pre-Flashpoint, whereas yeah. the post-Flashpoint, uh, you know, Freddie Williams-drawn uh, Captain Atom was more of a Dr. Manhattan analog. He was they were going for Dr. Manhattan in the DC universe. Right, right. But now he's reverted more or less to type. I don't know if that's happened at some previous point in DC Comics that I missed uh, over the past, like, five years. But uh, if this is the first time we've seen Captain Adam back to that appearance, that might be a clue. A Dr. Manhattan-related clue. Mm -hmm. And then there's uh, Mr. Oz. Uh, yeah, Ozymandias is a possibility. I certainly wasn't... I was not thinking in Watchmen terms I was not thinking all, of that. the whole of this Neither issue, was I, but again... Until you read it a second time. And well, actually, I think that... I think I saw someone's theory online for that. All right. So, anyway, Mr. Oz, uh, we will almost certainly see more of him. Then the sweet little proposal uh, to Mera so that they can get married a second time <laughs> for the first time. <laughs> again, always. <laughs> The reveal of Wally West, it's, in a, it, to me, it strains credibility a little bit that uh, there had been a second Wally West pre-Flashpoint, uh, and we just didn't know about it, but what the heck, I'm rolling with it. Uh, and then this really poignant scene where uh, Wally is saying this long, goopy goodbye to Barry, and mm -hmm. uh, we're all kind of conditioned to accept that this is, this is his uh, swan song. I thought he was done for. Yeah. I did, too. I, yeah, I did, too. That's where, I mean... I had some emotional a week like long about a couple of day, a couple of weeks ago. It was really really got a up and roller coaster oh, kind of yeah. thing, and so that's why also I was very emotional with this book. With with that in just a few weeks in the past, um, this just I thought we were going to lose Wally West. I did too, and you know they hit it at earlier in the beginning. He talked about it, and I I thought for sure he was gone, and to have him come back the way he did is like, yeah, yikes. I felt when 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 reading that part, I really felt like when. Infinite Crisis, you had Barry coming through the Speed Force to help Bart. Oh, my that's God. What, that's exactly what I felt about. I that almost moment. bought that page, too, with George oh. Barry. Oh. <laughs> that's a great page. Oh. And, 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 and to, to piggyback on that, that <laughs> scene in particular in Infinite Crisis, which, again, resembles very much like that for me in this issue, listening to it on the um, graphic audio, graphic audio that, that sets me off almost every time. I love that part of that in that radio drama, in the book. And this just sang true to, to for me in that way as well. Seems like we were being conditioned to accept this as a John's way of giving a respectful send off to this character we've all known and loved for so many years. The message to us was supposed to be time to let go of the past, but then no, no, Barry doesn't let go, and we don't have to either. Yay! <laughs> Huzzah! Yay! DC's marketing to us again. And then Barry, well, Wally has finally got both feet into the post-Flashpoint uh, reality, and she, he gets to talk it out with his uncle, who remembers him, thank goodness. And he's already losing his memories of uh, where he's been, what he's been doing, what he came back to stop. We learn that he didn't really have such a clear idea of uh, what kind of threat they're up against, just that it's stolen time from everyone, it's refashioned reality to suit its ends. And uh, he's uh, trying to tell Barry about... Uh, so we're reassured that it's not really Barry Allen's fault that uh, DC reality went kablooey and we ended up with the new 52 DC universe. Some other force. It was the DC editors. <laughs> we're responsible. 
Huh. And uh, so, so Wally says, it's someone else. Whoever they are, they did this for a reason, as we cut back to the Batcave. I think they took years from us to weaken us. They struck deep at our hearts, Barry. Barry thinks it was Thawne, the reverse Flash, and Wally says, no, they're more powerful than that. There's more powerful than Darkseid. Now, I'm not sure Dr. Manhattan's even more powerful than Darkseid. I don't know what we're, going, what we're really talking about here. There's a force out there we've never met. There's, and they've never met the Watchmen. There's going to be a war between hope and despair, love and apathy, faith and disbelief. Batman fingers the uh, letter from his father, the uh, not pre-Flashpoint, not post-Flashpoint, but during Flashpoint yeah. version of his dad, Thomas Wayne, whom Barry Allen met during the Flashpoint miniseries. So this is, again, a nod back to when this New 52 business began in Flashpoint number five. Um, Wally says, I tried to see who it was. When I was outside of time, I felt their presence. I tried to see who it was. I couldn't, but I know they're out there. We can't be sure whether he's, uh, he means literally plural they, as in more than one threat, or if he's just using the gender-neutral they to talk about a single person. And they're waiting to attack again for some reason. I can feel it. Even now, Barry, page turn, we're being watched. And yeah, that... That that was a heck of a, of a final image. I'm so glad I wasn't spoiled by that because I'm first reading that. It's like, what yep. the? As I said, a little artifact of a foreign continuity leaking into this one, and it's a continuity you never thought you'd see clash with the mainstream DC universe. And there it is. And then the little epilogue and with the the lettering done in uh, Dave Gibbons's style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it was neat. Um, that it was a heck of a cliffhanger, but. That said, I'm not really that eager to read the story that might come of that because I don't really want to see Watchmen meeting DC Universe characters. It's one of those never the twain shall meet situations. I think they're just kind of doing it to tick off Alan Moore. That's (laughs) partly – if I had to say there was anything I didn't like, I'm not sure that I want – Watchmen in the DC universe. I'm not sure I want them manipulating everything that happened like this. There's no guarantee that they're the bad guys. No, there's not. But it might might just be a red herring. It could be, and it could be that they've been manipulated by something else, and they will help to thwart whatever it is. That's kind of what I'm expecting. um, Until that story's told, that's the one part I'm like, well, all right, I guess. Like, Like you, I'm not too keen on... The Watchmen being in this universe, I was happy with them being in their own little world, doing their own little thing. Right. I, I wasn't even that keen on before Watchmen when they did those prequel miniseries. Oh, oh which, by the way, I, I, I got all issues. I don't think I read very many of them, but before Watchmen, the Doctor Manhattan number four issue is going gangbusters on eBay because I did kind of come across this that there is a scene in there where I think Doctor Manhattan sort of plants something. Which is implied to be, if you read Watchmen towards the end, that it's his new. God, I wish I could find the exact quotes, but it's like he's growing the DC universe <laughs> right there. No, I mean that's that's a speculation, and yeah. that, that's what drives wow. back issues, and that that that's going gangbusters on, on eBay. Today. Retailers were using before Watchmen issues as uh, birdcage liner uh-huh. <laughs> a couple of months ago. Yeah. Now, yeah. now this. Yes. Amazing. Yeah, literally at the London Super Comic Convention, they were giving away copies of Moloch Number One. <laughs> <laughs> there were like dozens of them in the trash cans oh all over the convention God. center. Um, all right. So as to my theory, and oh. this is probably just wishful fulfillment on my part, as much as any kind of story logic. All right. Um, Pandora's speech to whoever's responsible for her death and uh, presumably is at least a party to whatever's happening to DC reality, screaming at him that he's nothing but a lonely, cruel monster who believes in skepticism, doubt, and corruption, things his cold heart believes in. Um, and then 
I'm looking at something, and I'm probably doing a Riosian reading between the lines here, but <laughs> look at the chapter titles. Yeah, the they're all... Lost, Legacy, Love, Life. I'd like to lick a lollipop and lily hammer, <laughs> but no. Uh, but the DC Universe loves its double L's. It all oh! Oh, my God! So I am thinking in terms of Luthor, and I am thinking in terms of Alexander Luthor, pre-crisis... Or during crisis, technically. Yeah. You know, the uh, grand architect behind Infinite Crisis. What if he somehow managed to survive being beaten to death by Luthor and the Joker? What if he is now sitting at the feet of that shadow demon uh, anti-monitor... Great destroyer of continuity thing that uh, Grant Morrison dreamed up in Mm -hmm. Multiversity? What if he's uh, working in cahoots with that and is up to his old tricks? When who's to say he wasn't rekindled when Flashpoint happened as well? I suppose it's possible. I mean, it's comics. All things are yeah. possible. Oh, yeah. That's why we love him so much. Hmm. I had not thought of Alexander. So, yeah. That's a good thought. I can see a couple of uh, not especially likable things coming out of what's established from here, but I can see a lot of really cool, exciting, fertile ground for future storytelling and future continuity tweaking, the kind of things that I groove on as a crisis of file. Yeah, me too. So this, yeah, this, 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 this has me hopeful. And I'm happy. Now, the first thing I did, i got to tell you, when I finished reading this, was go straight to dcbservice.com and add Titans number one mm-hmm. to my uh, order because this was the last day for order revisions. Because uh-huh. ah. yes. that seems to me, if you're interested in the uh, mystery of Wally West, which was really the backbone of this plot, that's where yeah, the readers should go next. Cool. Now, I must apologize, Danny. You've got to follow Murd now. Oh, my God. I'm uh, so, it, I'm so okay. sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I don't really have... Uh, a lot to say about it because uh, when I was reading it, I was really starting to realize that for me, I'm not a huge DC fan. Uh, mostly my experience with DC is Batman titles. Okay. I've never really gotten into any of the other crazy crisis type stories. I've never actually read crisis. Oh my God. I tried reading it Danny. In, in my early twenties. We're going to have to have a talk. I know. Danny. I know, I know. I'm sorry. You're not going to be able to cut. You're not going to be able to come to the beach house until you read it. You know that the white <laughs> wall is bearing down on you right now. <laughs> I, know. I tried to read it in my early 20s, and I was so confused that I went, "I, this is not for me. Like, I, I have no clue what's going on. I don't understand this." Murd will hold your hand. You, you've grown. You've matured. You're, you're ripe so, now. It's ready. Maybe I, maybe I need to give it another try. <laughs> so, reading this, I thought it was. It was well done. I I could follow along what was going on. I didn't read Flashpoint, so I actually I don't even I don't even really actually know the reason for New Fifty Two. Kind of funny, but I've never been huge into the whole multiverse type thing. I don't know. It just it I don't know. It's very confusing to me. I feel like I need an infographic and uh, someone can explain everything to me, and then maybe I'll understand it all. Now you who. <laughs> You who are a Doctor Who fan. Batman's always been very grounded, so I feel like that's that's why I enjoyed the Batman titles. But saying that, I did enjoy what I read. Um, But I think the happiest thing is just listening to Pants get excited about DC again. Oh, my God. That's what brings joy to me. If this brings back the joy that people were missing from New 52, then I'm so happy for that. Because I think... When New 52 happened, I was excited for the idea of being able to dive into DC in a way that I never have. 
And then I think it really fell flat for me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really care for a lot of the titles. I lost interest in most of it. It didn't it didn't wow me in any way. But uh, I maybe I'll, you know, read some of this stuff. I'm, I'm interested to see where it goes. But I think in the end, I actually, I actually wrote down some notes now. Okay. While you guys were talking, <laughs> while we're talking. Excellent. Right. Share, please. Uh, I will say the art is fantastic in this book. Yeah. It is so good that I actually did not realize that they, those were different artists. It's seamless. Like it really is like when I was going through, I went, Oh yeah, I can see the difference in everything, Mm -hmm. but it really is seamless. The, The coloring is beautiful. Everything it's, it's really well done. And Jeff Johns did a really good job. Like I don't, I don't think this is something that someone off the street could pick up. I feel like you would need to know certain things. And I do feel because I watch the DC TV shows, I kind of understand some of it. And There's some, some truth to that. I'm like, oh, I, I, I recognize that name of that character that I didn't really know existed. And I, and I think that's, world. that's purposely done as well. I think so, too. But in the end, I'm really curious... What do you think the end game of this is? Do you think that they're going to bring back the old continuity? Or is it just, this is still the continuity, like it's going to stay this new 52, but you're going to learn more backstory. Because what I understood when I read interviews was that Rebirth was supposed to kind of fill in the blanks because new 52 started and it didn't, the whole point of the legacy is you didn't know what happened beforehand. So it it was supposed to fill in the gaps. And now I feel like this is something completely different. And I'm really curious to like, what is the end game? Do they have an end game? Because from what I understand is Jeff John's leaving after this. Like he's going to go into movie TV world or whatever. I like don't. He's not really involved. I anymore. think that's dual responsibility. Yeah, I don't think okay. we're going to see him writing that much anymore. Okay, no, so he's I don't. Not I writing, think, but he's still probably, like, I guess, architecting everything. Yeah, the creative director for the whole thing. Yeah, okay. which and, I guess is good. And I see this more like what Murd said that this issue allows the back door to be open. That while you have a multiverse in the New Fifty Two, which really was just a couple Earths that we knew of, not not a full blown set. Um, I think this allows things that we are familiar with through the pre-Flashpoint universe to come through mm-hmm. and be told, whether it be legacy characters, whether it be Wally, Frest, Wally West now coming in, JSA is probably coming back. There's a whole bunch of different things that are just missing from the New 52 that were grounded in the pre-Flashpoint universe. Mm-hmm. And this allows them to all coexist and probably interact a lot more than what the new 52 was meant to be. And I do, uh, would you guys want for it to go back to pre 52 or are you happy with what it is? In a heartbeat, I would go back. Okay. I I would take a couple, a couple things of the flat, the post flashpoint universe, the new 52. Mm -hmm. But I think, I think a better way to do a multiverse would be that the, New 52 was one of the Earths of a multiverse. It's entirely possible to have your cake and eat it too. Oh, absolutely. Or even have more than one multiverse. Mm-hmm. That. It would be sure. awfully confusing. Then you'd really need that uh, that flow chart, Danny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I really, I really, I feel like they need to make a flow chart for both Marvel and DC because now I'm, 
Marvel introduced this whole like Marvel now concept again, again. So I'm like, yes. what? I just, can someone please get with me and I'll help you make the infographics. Give me the information because <laughs> I am, as someone who's become very casual when it comes to superhero stuff, it's so very confusing and very, very overwhelming. And I get anxious just the idea of trying to catch up and understand it. I just decide not to read it. Well, that's why I've fallen flat on most of the Marvel stuff because of the multitude of reboots and relaunches and issue number ones now dc sure has done its fair share over the years uh-huh. but i think marvel every oh, year marvel it's like they're given a new number one that. for everybody they're not officially yeah. rebooting the continuity no. but they're relaunching titles yeah and it's it's insane they're, yeah the problem with it constantly like i've always been more marvel for me i don't for some reason i those characters resonate with me more even though i do love the bat universe considering that most of the, those characters are actually my favorite characters but Marvel too is it's everything is so number one number one number one that I get confused anymore. <laughs> I, I can't find trades. I can't like. You really feel like you need someone to actually diagram. Okay, this is number one, and then this is number one. But from this date and this date, and it's it's so confusing that I I'm curious like how does this bring new readers in? Like I even mentioned on my Twitter, it's like both both Marvel and DC. You know, how do new readers feel like they can go in and understand this stuff? And a couple of people did respond to me that, you know, this stuff does actually make them not want to read comics. Now, and see, I it was interesting. I've always been excited about a multiverse in the DC universe more than the Marvel universe. Like, mm-hmm. I've always been more of a DC guy. Mm-hmm. I liked the way the old multiverse was. Crisis on Infinite Earths was great. I was happy when they brought a multiverse back. I was also happy when they had a new Earth and then brought a multiverse back. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, created a new multiverse. Yeah, and I was happy with the explanation of some of those worlds where one's the Batman else worlds where he's a vampire. And very specific. Not not the best, but at least it was a a good explanation of it. So that being said, I really thought they missed the boat in making New 52 go on three or four years and not making it one of the multiple Earths just from whatever current multiverse was out there. I thought that would have just been a no-brainer to do where you could have these stories for five years. Here's your new 52, and, oh, now we get the story where it's part of the multiverse. Well, it's an old sales technique. It is. Just uh, denying – people don't realize how much they want these things until they're denied them for a while. Mm -hmm. So selling us this darker, sort of tarnished uh, new DC continuity and then selling us the old stuff again. It's kind of like new Coke classic Coke. Oh, sure, sure. Um but I'm also perfectly fine if this is multiple multi- multiverses. Um, part of me is just happy that, that Wally West himself is now back into it after being absent for so long because he, like Pants, was such a strong Flash character. That's the Flash I, quote, grew up reading. That's I read more Flash of Wally West than anybody else because that's, what was, that's who was Flash when I was reading stuff. So for me, there's a lot of joy out of... Some of what I love, Ted Cord coming back, whether it's old Ted Cord, which it's not, it's, it's new 52 Ted Cord, now being um, paired up with Jaime to try and figure out what to do with the Scarab. But there's a Ted Cord now, which I think is sorely missing. Mm-hmm. I also think a Booster Gold needs to come back because he's been absent for oh a long time. Oh, my God, that's right. Um, to me, if you have Jaime and you have Ted, you've got to have Booster come back at some point. Probably not right away, but I do think he should get in there and be Blue Beetle's partner, while Ted Cord is more the old Bruce Wayne from Batman Beyond, controlling things in the background. 
helping them along, manipulating the equipment. Because Booster is all about fame and fast and, and, and toned down. I mean, he's better now. Um, Jaime's new and untested, um, even still. So to put them together and have Ted be in the background being the mentor for both of them, even though he was never a hero, just makes some kind of sense to me that a direction I'd like to see them go. And then eventually get the Brave and the Bold comic I've always wanted with all three of those characters. So there's a lot of, of, of good stuff for me in this that I've been waiting for to couple with the new 52 storylines continuing on in some fashion. So you're not erasing anything that happened in the last five years, but you're getting some more of the legacy, some more of the backdoor that should be open for pre-Flashpoint people to come in and out of. I just see nothing but goodness of this if they do it right. You know what's going to confuse the issue even more, but that uh, needs to happen? They're going to need to find a way to work in convergence. Sure. You can't just say it didn't happen or didn't matter because that's the whole reason why we've got uh, the pre-Flashpoint Superman and Lois in the current DC universe. Yeah. So, and then they claimed sort of uh, offhandedly at the end of that series that uh, off-panel, Superman and Barry Allen and uh, uh, Hal Jordan, and I think Supergirl also, uh, like the pre well. A bunch of uh, pre-Flashpoint iterations of different characters went back in time to undo the original crisis. And uh, they just kind of offhandedly said that that, uh, guess what, that uh, crisis on Infinite Earths uh, didn't count anymore. What? Yeah. Just Blasphemy. Kind of, yeah. That's, that's pretty much the way I look I at it. I can imagine. Well. I mean, it's, uh, you, Convergence itself was pretty close to being a throwaway story, so... It, as I've just said, it's not, but it came close to. So throwing away a story like Crisis... Uh, just so casually as that, it's, it didn't sit well with me. But, but yeah, they're going to have to revisit that, too, if we're talking about uh, past versions of characters being folded back into continuity. That's kind of what Convergence was all about, too. Um, I, I think I did see somewhere that this whole playing out of the whole, you know, the clock is ticking could take several years. It's not going to be like, boom, right away. They're going to resolve the the story that was laid here. Well, they may move up that timetable if if the sales flag again. Well, that's true. I mean, the longer they delay, you know, we, we've we've always said it. It's always true. A starting a jumping on point is also a good jumping off point for people. Oh, sure. So, but I'm jumping back on. And we'll, right. we'll see. We'll see how long it lasts. I'm really psyched about this. I really am. Welcome back, Brian. <laughs> I mean, there's no guarantee I'm going to stay around for a while, but. I'm trying all the new titles and uh, very excited. Very excited. F those people. <laughs> <laughs> Peter. 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 Hello, Peter. Hello. Hi. Don't talk to her, Peter. She's never read Crisis. <laughs> so we are joined by Peter the Rios Rios. Welcome back, Peter. <laughs> what? Where did this come from? I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's just me being stupid. I, I made a silly joke once and... Uh, and Pants uh, took it. Uh, like everything I do, I beat it into the ground. Ran and ran and ran with it. <laughs> so can I play Matt and do like a drive-by drive uh, drive by phone call? Drive yes, you can. You do just what you feel, Peter. And repeat everything you guys just said for the past 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, never happened. What are you talking about? Uh, you got him good. Have you guys talked about the symbolism yet in this book? Not too much. We've actually all gone through our thoughts and everything. We've, we're almost... Almost shot our bolt, so we're happy to get you to rival it up again here. <laughs> I just like—I mean, uh, beyond the obvious homages, you know, to Wally West uh, in that one pose, looking like Barry Allen from Crisis on Infinite Earths, 
right before Pandora gets killed, um, the panel with her face is, is very much kind of like Rorschach's face right before he got killed in Watchmen. Um, um, but the, one of the, one of the better ones, one of the ones that is really subtle and just, I, I didn't get it until after the sort of like the second reading, um, the, ep, the slow crawl, the slow page turn to when Batman finds the, uh, the comedian pin. If you notice, it goes from two big panels to four panels to nine panels, which is an, which was a staple for the old Watchmen series, the nine panel grid. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it goes to the big giant splash page with him with him picking up the 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 comedian pin. I just thought that was just so cool design wise. You know, it's not just a story that's working uh, on its own level. It's working it's working in the comic book medium level as well. And if you look at the watch at the end in the epilogue, um, or maybe it's even in the beginning. I don't have the book in front of me. Um, it's both. It's there's there's a watch in the okay. beginning and and then at the end. So the watch is dated 1938. Ah, uh, yep. When, which is when Action Comics number I one. I did came not out. catch that. Excellent. And the second hand, the very first time you see it, uh, it's on fifty-two. Yes. <laughs> Again, I thought it was really, and then it works its way backwards, right? It's working its way to quarter of, but um, so there, you know, think think about the symbolism and all that. Not only being on fifty-two, but working its way backwards and the whole concept of looking back. Um, and I had a crazy, crazy theory about this watch and, and why it was such a focus point for Jeff Johns. And so the whole story kicks off, you know, the watch was passed down to Wally from his uncle, which I assume was Barry, mm-hmm. who it was passed down from his father and his father and so on and so on. Um, and then he says he lost it. And then, then this watch somehow appears on Mars um, in the epilogue. Uh, you know, um, if you look, if you if you go back to the old Watchmen series, issue number four, I believe, was the origin of of Doctor Manhattan mm-hmm. of John Osterman. And he, there's a watch that's sort of prevalent in that too. Um, Janie Slater, his his girlfriend at the time, hands him her watch because it's it's uh broken or something like that and he fixes it but then he leaves it in the he leaves his his vest his his science science coat lab coat in that one machine and that's why he goes back and that's how he becomes dr manhattan and he reaches in his pocket and he goes oh my god you know here's the watch that i was working on so i had this crazy notion um he he was born in brooklyn they show a scene in watchmen that he was born in brooklyn uh, that he was working on a watch repair thing. Mm-hmm. Um, his father threw all the cogs out the window because the war was coming. Anyway, uh, I found, I don't know, I was doing this image search on Wally West, and I found this page from issue number two of the Mike Barron Wally West Flash comic back in 1987, right after Legends. With Vandal Savage in it, right? Right. Vandal Savage, Jack, Jackson Geis is the mm-hmm. artist on mm-hmm. that. It was a right. brilliant series. It was oh, great. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, um, it's really what I think helped propel Wally West as the Flash to be, you know, so well regarded. Well, Vandal Savage shows up in his apartment and he lives in Brooklyn and they're having a discussion and then they do this pull away shot from outside his apartment and there's a sign that says, who watches the Watchmen? 
And I was like, <laughs> well, I tweeted it today. I said, this apparently DC Rebirth has been going since 1987. Oh, my um, goodness. <laughs> so I had this, like, crazy idea. It's like, are they going to try to tie this watch that ba- that Wally lost to, to Dr. Manhattan somehow? Like, this, are, are they, you know, again, this is mindless speculation. This is, there's very little sort of true evidence. This is just me pulling, uh, you know, factoids way back into the DC lore and, and going, Oh my God, I forgot all about that. Oh my God, wait, this watch, why is it on Mars? Dr. Manhattan's on Mars. Dr. Manhattan was a son of a watchmaker, you know, like all of it just coming together. is just, that's what I kind of like about this issue. Um, uh, it, it plays within DC continuity. It plays within DC mythology, visual lore. I mean, it's just, there's a lot to it. And to a first-time reader, that might be jarring, but my hope is that uh, they'll they'll be interested in the in the parts that will connect to later releases. You know, this whole rebirth specials that are coming out, the new number ones. I mean, I've always said every event should get you interested in the larger universe that it's playing in. I mean, that's that's really for me something that that's why Crisis was so powerful. Um, so I just thought that was really cool and just sort of like a, an interesting part of this series that I hope people are paying attention to. So, uh, and the other thing I have to say too, it's the first comic I ever bought digitally. Oh, oh yeah, really? yeah, same here. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? It's the first. Wow. One, you know, I'm just not. Not that I'm against it. It just, you know, I don't. It, it was. I couldn't wait anymore. It was like one o'clock in the morning. And I, like, I got. It. I got it. And it was like available on iTunes. So I'm not even sure where I bought it through. But <laughs> oh, that's uh, so, great. Yeah, I picked it up. Two ninety nine cover price too. Not even a discount. <laughs> that I love reading stuff digital, but boy, oh boy, I hate cover price on digital. Yeah. Hey, I'm going through very slowly and doing a CGS Tumblr. I see that. Yeah, I'm going through and like, you know, popping in behind the scenes stuff. Like, here's the first episode where the dogs barked. Here's the, <laughs> you know, here's the first episode that, you know, Shane was on or, you know, Kevin and, and digging a little deeper. It's kind of like a little behind the scenes thing. But um, I think one of the last episodes I did, which was around episode eight or nine or something like that. I'm not real far into that series, but um, <laughs> Brian and I did a review for those people who may not know Brian Deemer. Um, <laughs> uh, hell, they don't even know who I am. They're like, who's, who's this guy? Um, we know we Peter. A, that's all that matters. That's right. <laughs> we did a review of Countdown, DC Countdown to Infinite Crisis, the 80-page $1 sure. that Jeff Johns <laughs> and company um, uh, you know, put out. That was, what, 2005, and mm-hmm. that was another sort of... Yeah. You know, one-stop shop, read this, and it'll sort of catapult you into what DC is doing at the time. And I, I sort of made the point on Twitter that I feel, even if it's something that maybe people don't uh, don't want in their comics, I feel when DC puts its head around their line-wide universe having a story or having a, a, a theme that they can bounce around, I don't mean crossovers. I don't, you know, sometimes people get nervous and they're like, well, I don't want to read 50 titles a month. No, I don't mean that. I mean, just thematically, the books are connected. When they do that, that's some of the better DC storytelling, I find. I agree with that. Um, and that was that was certainly an instance back there in 2005 with Countdown leading up to Infinite Crisis. 
uh, because then afterwards, during like one year later and all that other stuff, it, it kind of they you know they they splintered again, and it wasn't as cohesive a universe, um, or at least storytelling anyway. So I find that these moments are are sometimes when the larger narrative works, and you know new reader friendly. Who cares? I mean, you know, I I always say I jumped into All Star Squadron with issue number like twenty five or twenty six. Nobody could make heads and tails of that. <laughs> you know, it's, it's called imagination and just sort of research it through. But um, but they've tried it. You know, they've sort of tried it with a number of titles and here and there, and they're sort of going back to the well and freely admitting that too. Like that's the thing I don't think they're hiding. They're they're freely admitting they are going back to the well. Um, in, in an interesting way that uh, regardless of the spoilers, I don't think anybody, I don't know if anybody really saw this coming to this degree. Um, it's true. You know, so are, and then are, there's, go ahead, go ahead. sorry. Well, I was just say, are there any rebirth titles you're looking to pick up now, Peter? Well, DCBS is doing that stupid bundle. So <laughs> I'm in for all the issue. Ones. I'm right there with you, Peter. <laughs> Those stupid yeah. sponsors of ours. <laughs> <laughs> stupid meant lovingly. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love that they're doing that bundle. <laughs> That's hard to it's hard to pass up. Oh, it's you know? impossible to pass up. There were some retailers that were like, "Oh, we can't compete. We can't compete." And I, I mean, I guess that's true. And, and at some point, you got to think DCBS is, you know, it could be a little bit of a loss here and there, depending if, if it doesn't work out for them. But um, if it gains people to read a few more titles than they normally would, I guess that's what they're banking on. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm sort of transitioning, I think, a little bit in terms of floppies versus because um, I'm doing it with TV as well, where I like Preacher. The first episode of Preacher came out. I won't say anything, but I don't think I'm going to watch that week to week. I think I'll binge watch it later, um, uh, just because time commitment is too much and money commitment is too much. And uh, but for bundles like that, sure, I'll, I'll jump in. <laughs> yep. Love the bundles. Well, and, and and I'm sure it'll bring me back to reading a few more DC titles than I was. Uh, from Marvel, I was only picking up monthly the Star Wars stuff. And from DC, it was only Justice, Justice League, League and a couple other select titles. I mean, I was down to like 7 to 10 books a month total. So I'm sure there'll be some things I stick with longer than what I have been. The only other point, I don't want to monopolize, um, is uh, the convergence, not to use that word, but the convergence <laughs> of this DC Rebirth one-shot, the Flash season finale, mm-hmm. the Legends of Tomorrow oh, finale. Yep. Yes. Pants and I Batman mentioned that as well. Superman. Have you guys talked about this already? Right? Like, Not on the show so much, but, okay. but off the air, yeah. Because we didn't want to spoil the TV stuff right, for exactly. people. But It's eerily – it's just – yeah. that's like, you know, Jupiter – you know, Uranus, Pantanus, Venus, and all those lining up at once. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, wait a minute. There's got to be more to this than just happenstance. Yeah, I yep. yeah that, that Flash season finale, the next day this comes out, uh-huh. hours later it comes out, and it's like, whoa. Awesome. awesome. I love it when there's some, some sort of editorial... Symmetry. Yeah, whatever you call it, where it all comes together. Synergy. 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 Yeah. And Jeff Johns is in a great position right he now. Sure he sure is. Synergize like crazy. Yeah. 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 I mean, he really is the new Wolfman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that would have been better is if Legends aired this week to coincide with all three in a row, but yeah. that's not how the schedule panned out. Right. Yeah. 
And I know I'm not caught up on Arrow, so I, I can't speak to. I am that. caught up on that uh, tonight's episode. I may not get to watch tonight, but yeah, my son and I caught up on that over the weekend. Yeah, uh, Danny and Mert Evans said much. I just wanted to hear what they had to say. Oh, I didn't really have much to say about it because I'm not a huge uh, DC person. Right. But I thought it was good. But and I uh, I was I was happy that everyone was excited. That's what I'm. That's the thing that I'm getting out of it. Like I'm not floored. Like I'm not over the moon with it because I'm not a huge DC person. So it's mm-hmm. not. It doesn't. It's not. It doesn't affect me. Right. But if it makes people who were so disillusioned with the new Fifty Two excited again for DC, then I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. Some people on Twitter they're even saying, "My God, people are actually talking talking about comics." You know, it's, <laughs> that's that's awesome. That's what it should be. So yeah, I totally see that point. Yeah, I mean, it is written. Well, it's funny. Somebody somebody said this is the most Jeff Johns's Jeff Johns book ever, and I, <laughs> I sort of agree with that. It's kind of hitting notes that he's been known to hit before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, when he does it, he does it well, he does, you know, and, and it's, it's unabashedly a comic book. It's unabashedly a superhero cape comic, a DC comic because of, you can't do this at Marvel. You can't do this at any other company. I mean, the way DC has, uh, you know, Frankensteined their, their continuity. I mean, it, it really only works this way. And, um, and they're they're out they're balls out saying yep this is it this is what we do yep we we mess things up and we patch it together. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, do we have anything else to add, or are we all uh, through here? I'm spent. I was just curious what everyone's opinion on adding the Watchmen into the universe is, because I know Murd said he wasn't. Completely happy with it, but no one else really gave their. I, I like, said I really was kind of touched upon it, and which is, it's a huge deal at the end. Like that's a pretty huge yeah. shocker. I'd said I was a little bit skeptical about it too. Um, I'm not so sure I want them playing around in this universe, but we'll see what stories they tell or how they come through. The, the angle I see them taking, at least at first, until mm-hmm. maybe they throw us the curveball and reveal that the Watchmen aren't behind this at all, uh, is. Uh, Again, uh, Jeff Johns toying with metatext and uh, and this whole thing proceeding from the premise that uh, it's Watchmen's fault. Like all the darkness that he's claim- declaring in this story uh, slowly infected DC oh continuity. Goodness. It all stems from Watchmen published 30 years ago, incidentally. This is the anniversary year. Oh, wow, yeah. And that is what uh, led to the influx of grim and gritty that uh, poisoned our comics all that time ago. Whether that's you know, in any way a truthful statement or not, it's, it seems to be a widely held belief among certain quarters of fandom. And uh, it seems that Johns is picking that up and running with it here by presenting metatextually uh, the Watchmen as representations of uh, that, uh, that, that trend in storytelling that uh, took root in the 80s. And uh, I, I, as I said before, I'm not all that uh, eager to read a story that uh, does that. And uh, you know, on top of that, I just kind of prefer the Watchmen to remain their own little self-contained, yeah. hermetically sealed universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same here. <laughs> I'm still trying to wrap my head around the whole damn thing, quite frankly. You, you've, you've watched all this Doctor Who. This should be easy to wrap your head around. <laughs> yeah, Come no, on. it's funny. Doctor Who is easy to wrap my head around. This. That's what I can't so believe. I wanted to say topic. that. You watch so much Doctor Who, Danny. This you can't wrap your head around. No, not at all. All right. I think because they're traveling through time, not through, like, different Earths. Different vibrational frequencies. Like, it's just weird. Come on. <laughs> Do you think when they 
got all the people, the new writers, do you think they told them the Watchmen twist? I don't know. We uh, can find out. We know yeah, enough writers. Say, you should ask certain someone. <laughs> and they may not be able to tell. Yeah, but I'm actually. Oh. But I would say. If the probably not. Are also shocked by this, or did was that like during the summit? Did they say this is what's happening? And because the fact that it didn't get leaked until what Saturday is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Until I would someone say someone actually got a hold of the book. Yeah, like it didn't. The rumors didn't come out for that, and it's a pretty big deal. You know, a lot of writers knew. I would say it was more let they did not know, and it was kept secret. More like when. The S.H.I.E.L.D. cast went and saw Winter Soldier and didn't mm-hmm. know what was happening. All of a sudden, they come out, whoa, all right, what do we do with S.H.I.E.L.D. now? And then we're told what was going to happen from there on. So, yeah, I don't think the writers knew. Mm-hmm. I'd I like to think not, they didn't. Has anyone read, I mean, this is, you know, the other company, but has anyone read the Captain America book? No. I, no. I, I sort of heard what happened, but I, I haven't actually read a copy of it. I'm curious what... The internet. I think the internet's breaking today. Yeah, I think it is. <laughs> and we're going to break by putting out a new episode right after. Yeah. yeah. Broken. We will be the straw that breaks the internet. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> My only thing about the Watchmen thing is, I mean, there, there's very real precedence that they could just say it's Watchmen from Earth something something. Right. It's not, it's not even the Alan Moore, which which on one hand is a cop-out, and but on the other hand sort of protects uh, you know the original story but they've already stuck their finger into watchmen already you know mm-hmm. like with the before watchmen and that caused such a yeah uh, they've already pissed him off so much so yeah and i mean i don't even you know like you know i think there's a little bit too much of trying to protect alan moore you know in the world these days i mean what is what has alan moore done for you lately you know it's, it's sort of that kind of thing but i i i, I I don't know. It's going to be very interesting to see. I mean, if they're really going with this whole two-year plan, we're not going to know for two years. So, um, and I don't. And two years, what is the anniversary of something? I don't know which anniversary. <laughs> Twenty eighteen is what the the. It's another 80th? ten anniversary it's of DC. Eightieth anniversary of uh, yeah. Superman, I think. Which is a stupid anniversary to celebrate, but you know, whatever. All right. So, will mm-hmm. that wrap it up for us then? Yeah, I think so. Special episode of uh, Comic Geek Speak. All right, well, once again, this episode was brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service. Go to DCBService.com for all your pre ordering needs. Visit us, at, <laughs> <laughs> Visit us at ComicGeekSpeak.com to send us an email. The address is ComicGeekSpeak at gmail.com. To leave a voicemail, the number is 267 702 6642. Stop by thecomicforums.vanillaforums.com and let us know what you think of DC Universe Rebirth and Rebirth, please, ah, blah, blah, Rebirth and all the things that are coming afterward. Uh, follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, look up Peter's uh, Flash page because I did that while we were talking. Yeah, yeah, me too. And we would like to thank everyone who contributes to the show. Peter, thanks for coming on. It was a lot of fun to hear your opinion and, see, quote, see you again with your Scarlet Rios picture on Skype. <laughs> And as always, as always, we are uniting the world's mightiest heroes, one listener at a time.